operational efficiency doesn't come at the, especially the agency level, that doesn't come with hiring more people. That comes with leveraging today's technology so that your staff is better at their job. Welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted, the show dedicated to innovation in the insurance industry. Each episode, you'll get a dose of thought leadership from the industry's top business minds, influencers, innovators, and executive leaders. If you want to transform your corner of the industry and exchange innovative ideas, you need to subscribe to this podcast. Now here's your host, Abel Travis. Hey everyone, welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast, where we dedicate our discussion to insurance innovation. So if you've been following me um, anywhere on social media, you know that today on this episode, I was making an announcement about the future of this podcast. And, you know, it has been an awesome few years, you know, really focusing on uh, educating the insurance industry and those in the world of InsurTech uh, to really hone in on this discipline of innovation in the insurance industry. You know, um, uh, with that said, um, I am announcing that uh, over the next three episodes that this would be the or this is going to be um, the final episode uh, of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted podcast. And that episode is going to be aired on January 9th. Um, you know, today uh, we have Rick Fox from Vertifor that's going to be coming on the podcast. And um, over the next couple of episodes, we are going to have, um, you know, folks from Hi Marley and uh, and also um, one other guest uh, that I will announce uh, fairly shortly. But um, that will uh, be the final episode, uh, you know, effective uh, January 9th. Now, you know, it's been a great run with the Insurance Innovators Unscripted podcast, you know, with all of the conversations that I had on this podcast over a hundred. Um, you know, um, I had the opportunity to uh, uh, hit um, and, and speak and, and educate um, over 70,000 unique listeners in the insurance industry. Um, and, uh, you know, what that equated to was also 4,000 listeners, unique listeners a week for this podcast. Um, you know, what, what I loved hearing about are all of the stories that you all told me, you know, folks like Bobby Shravasta that uh, Shravastava that, you know, that that mentioned, you know, um, uh, the first time she decided to go to InsureTech Connect was when she met me uh, uh, in Boston. And, you know, I, I told her about this conference that's a must go to, um, you know, so she frequented uh, that conference. I think she might have went to, to two over time. Or other folks like Namir Khan, who was really, um, you know, mentioned that, uh, you know, this was a great platform for him to get the message out around insurance innovation uh, for the MENA or for the Middle Eastern um, area um, from a geography perspective in the insurance industry. You know, so there's so many of those anecdotes, you know, personally. I had the opportunity through all of the conferences that I've spoken at to speak to thousands of folks within the insurance industry over the past few years, and that's not going to go away. I'll still be out there advocating for insurance innovation um, and um, doing whatever I can to really assist in helping to drive change in the insurance industry. 
So, um, you know, I, uh, I was really excited to, to assist many of the insure techs that are out there, you know, have an opportunity to influence changes in a lot of the insure techs that I've spoken to in their business model. You know, um, I mentor um, insure techs and had an opportunity really to, to drive change in the business models of those insure techs that I mentor, um, as well as provide a lot of guidance for several um, private equity firms and organizations that are uh, investing in the insurance industry. So I am going to continue to be a mentor. I am going to continue to uh, really hone in on uh, providing consultation to private equity firms. firms um, and I will be out there speaking about this topic of insurance innovation. But um, there is absolutely a lot to come uh, in regards to what the future holds um, in terms of what my goals are with the insurance industry. Uh, you know, so this is really an exciting industry that I love. Um, and even with the organization that I'm with today, um, we are going to continue to push forward and push the boundaries of what it really means to drive um, a better customer experience and to really serve the customers that we have been serving um, over time, um, as well as I'll be getting involved in quite a few personal projects uh, alongside of the professional projects that I'll be working through over the years to come. So I want to thank all of the guests that participated in this podcast, and I want to thank you all, all 4,000 of you um, that uniquely listen to this podcast over time, you, the listener. You know, it's been uh, a pleasure to serve you um, and uh, just know that uh, this isn't the end and there's definitely more to come. So I am excited to be speaking with Rick Fox. Now, Rick is the vice president of agency associations and networks at Vertifor, uh, a company that's offering core technology capabilities to support the insurance industry. Rick is also the host of the VIP or the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. Rick, it's uh, great to have you here on this podcast. Welcome. Hey, well, thanks for having me, man. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Hey, me too, Rick. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I always want to make sure that I set the conversations up right, especially for those that are listening. And, and I, I like to, you know, help them understand you and where you came from uh, throughout your career and your history. So, you know, if you don't mind, Rick, you know, talk to me a little bit about your background um, in the industries that you've worked in, given the fact that you've worked in marketing organizations as well as insurance companies. So, you know, talk to me about your background and how you landed at what you're doing today. Yeah, so uh, more than happy to talk about myself. I usually am. So uh, start, started, uh, started my insurance career as actually as a, a file clerk in a large agency in Southern California, just a summer job while I was trying to uh, you know, make enough money to go to the beach every day when I wasn't working and living down in uh, Manhattan Beach. And I uh, was file clerking and got to know the owner of the agency a little bit, and he offered me a, an opportunity to move into sales. And uh, I first, you know, my first question, of course, was how is this going to affect my beach time? But after I, I got over that, I started producing, and I really enjoyed it. I liked what I was doing, and I, I, uh, I really liked being able to sell something that was valuable. You know, I wasn't selling mattresses or cars. I was selling uh, security and protection for people and their most prized possessions in their, in their, in their family. So I really enjoyed that. I did that for about three years and realized, you know, I kind of came to this crossroads where I, at that point, didn't have my college degree, um, didn't really want to be at that, you know, in that stuck phase. So I decided, you know, I'm just going to stop doing what I'm doing 
I went back to college, graduated from University of Washington, go dogs. And we, and then while I was in school, I realized how much I really had enjoyed what I was doing. So at that point, as I'm getting ready to graduate, I wrote a business plan and uh, with the plan of starting my own startup uh, independent agency in the Pacific Northwest, I went to Safeco Insurance, who at the time was about as conservative as any company around. And, you know, the white shirts and the non nondescript ties and that was kind of their thing. And I figured if I can get this appointment, uh, then I can get all the other ones that I need to really grow my business. So I wrote the business plan, went to Safeco, was able to get the appointment with Safeco, started, you know, building up other, other appointments, building my book of business, you know, did the reverse dialing and all of the stuff that it took to just kind of call everyone at that point, you know, slept on the, slept on the couch some nights, just to be up early to get right back at it. And two, three years into the game, I, uh, I was starting to get somewhere. And then I started making acquisitions. So along the way, I bought another six agencies. Um, and at the, at the height of everything we had, I decided to exit. And I sold it off. I really had no intention of selling, but was made an offer that I literally could not refuse. And, uh, I, and I was starting to get to that point where I was doing other things in my entrepreneurial world. I, I was doing advertising agencies. I had a funding company. I was doing all this other stuff, uh, a couple of restaurants, a bar, and this insurance agency thing that I had. But this opportunity came up to exit, put some money in my pocket, not only that day, but also for the next, you know, earn out years. And, uh, and I was really getting interested in technology as well. So the next step was kind of did all of that, my other stuff for a while, took about a two-year break from insurance and got back into it with Vertifor back uh, when Vertifor was based in Seattle and was brought in as, you know, one of the subject matter experts because of my insurance background and had, and had started dabbling in the tech. So did that for a while, but then I got an opportunity to go run Agency Revolution, which is a marketing automation company, a small company that was transitioning from being a coaching and consulting company into a SaaS based, uh, software company, you know, software first as a service. And I got that thing all teed up and put a bow on it and, and sold it. We sold it to a larger company called FMG suite, uh, went to work at the parent company, FMG suite. But while I was there was uh, recruited to come back to Vertifor and run the agency association and networks team here uh, at Vertifor. And, you know, it's just been a really cool journey to kind of go through all of those steps and sort of come full circle back to Vertifor. And I'm really, I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at. And my kind of my goal in life right now with all the stuff that I've done is I just, I just love to advocate for the independent agents out there. I, I still think it's the best way for people to buy insurance. And I'm, I'm out there with a fairly large platform for those that know Vertifor. It's a, it's a, it's a big company. We've got a lot of customers and, really just trying to help as much as I can any way I can. That's why we have the podcast. That's why I'm glad you and I are having a conversation and I'm looking forward to just kind of continuing to do what I do. Yeah, Rick, that's, um, that, that's an amazing background, you know, especially given the fact that you've worked in uh, the insurance industry, you know, starting the agency, acquiring agencies, um, uh, 
going to Verta for, um, you know, working through other areas in regards to marketing and so and then coming back into the industry. You know, that's a, a significant background in the insurance space. Um, and that puts you square right in the middle back of, you know, working with Vertifor. So if you don't mind, you know, help us understand specifically what Vertifor is and, you know, what you all are doing within the insurance industry. Yeah, so the, the easy way, obviously, we're, we're, we're known as a agency management system company. We've been around now for 50 years, uh, and, and, you know, that's not through different iterations and, and acquisitions and not only acquisitions of other companies into our portfolio, but being sold to different private equity firms through that process. So we really are, like, the, the core of what we have been forever is an agency management system a software company. That being said, a lot of the acquisitions and other things that we've done, we've added so many different tools along the way, things like Reference Connect, which is a, an incredible tool for, for, uh, to, give, to, give an, uh, to give information about any line of business. So those that aren't, aren't really good at what they do or, or say really good at all different say niches or onboarding new people, Reference Connect is an absolute must. We have a, ben- a tool called Benefit Point, which is basically an agency management system for benefits. Uh, we have a comparative rating software. We do all these other things, uh, but then, and then kind of the new, the new area that we're headed, which I think a lot of people are headed, is starting to really take a look at the insurance agency holistically and start looking at the data. So we acquired a company called Risk Match, which is all about data and analytics. And now we're really... And, and I'm, and I'm a, you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm really excited about what that, what we're doing with that, because this is an opportunity for agencies of any size, but say those smaller, medium, even large, but not giant uh, agencies to compete with the big boys because of this, of leveraging the data they have in their office now and taking advantage of opportunities, not like the cross selling, benchmarking, uh, programmatizing things with your carriers, all these kind of different nuances, because the, the thing we do, this insurance thing, is just it's got so much data in it naturally. Now that now I, I really want to see insur- all insurance agencies start using that data to be better. And so that's kind of where we're at. And and I would also add that as we've grown as a company as, and more mature in our insurance understanding, we've really now moved into this environment, this strategy, which I think is so great because we're we're now taking a look at all aspects of, of an agency or, you know, and in our relationships with carriers, but let me stay on the agency side for a minute and, and how an agency, what, what they need to be able to do and how they need to use technology to be more efficient, to be, you know, out in front of the competition. And we've either decided that we're going to do things or we're going to partner with companies that do it really well. So we've really started to open up our architecture and use API integrations. We have a new orange partner program where we're vetting our partners out there and then letting people in that are best of breed at what they do. So that the things that we don't do, uh, our customers still have access to go find those things. So it's really, it's really a fun time, obviously with all the insured tech that's going on anyway, but especially the reason I was so excited to come back is this strategy it is best. It is the best case scenario for agencies. And we're kind of, I think we're leading the charge in getting them to a point where, you know, it's, it's all in one place, or if it isn't, it's all through kind of these, these integrations and everything kind of hubs through what you're doing with your management system. I'm really excited about it. 
Yeah, no, I think that is actually a point to be excited about. And, and I want to I want to take this a little bit deeper. Right. Because as I think about the agency, um, you know, one of the, 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 the challenges that you hear all the time within the agency is that there's a lot of friction as a part of the platforms and the, the systems and the process that they have, um, especially as they're engaging with carriers just across the board. Um, and, um, and, and when you look at what's playing out in the carrier space, um, Rick, you're probably well aware that most carriers or, or a lot of carriers, not most, are, are going through what they're deeming their digital transformation, which is enhancing their, their le- legacy capabilities in order to align with the standards of today while doing things that's going to enable the core infrastructure to be up to the technical standards that's that, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, carriers haven't seen in the past 20 or so years, right? So what, what, what that does is it allows those carriers to plug into um, capabilities like Avertifor to, to try to remove friction out of the process. And, and that's where I want to ask you the, the, the question, Rick, you know, um, as we think about um, the core value prop of Vertifor, and, and it is really to make the agency process easier through opening up your, your platform, exposing APIs and, and so on and so forth, um, where do you see the true value um, as a part of your as a part of your technology capability to help to really remove the friction out of the process between the agent and the carrier? Yeah, Abel, that's a great question because, I mean, that is front of mind right now, right? I mean, we, we, you and I have been doing this insurance thing for long enough now that we get to say we're pretty antiquated in the way we've attacked technology in relation to other industries out there. So when you mentioned the carriers, to me, the carriers are the ones, like that digital transformation is literally so much pain involved in it. Like it is such a giant process that they're going through, but it's a, it's a must. And that's sort of the linchpin to all of that, because as the carriers are able to up their game on the technology front and the ease of use, the user experience, speed, all of those things, it, it then it ties back to the management systems and the tech companies like us and our and our competitors out there and makes that so much more seamless so first step is as that like there's certain there's certain places where we get stuck because of the capabilities of say the carriers in this regard right or the the knowledge within the agency or whatever that might be where that could slow things down that is moving. It is moving in the right direction. You nailed it that some carriers are moving in that direction faster than others. And I think once, once that starts rolling, like everything in this industry, it doesn't take many and then all start to step in line. I think that same thing's happening just generally in technology in the insurance space right now. I think people are starting to, like, I think it used to be a necessary evil. And now the agencies and carriers that are, that are, embracing technology are the ones that are going to not only move faster now, but be ahead of the game in the future because operational efficiency doesn't come at the, especially the agency level, that doesn't come with hiring more people that comes with leveraging today's technology so that your staff is better at their job. So that your staff doesn't spend all day, in the system. They're out talking to customers, they're talking to prospects, they're building relationships. And if we can, if, as, as the entire industry moves in that direction, and as the agencies follow suit, like that's the big problem right now at the agency level, 
there are, there are those that are out in front, right? Early adopters. There are those that see the value and are starting to move, but you know, we have those laggards, a lot of those in this industry as that is the trend continues to move in the right direction. We're really going to start to see like a, a gap, like, like the more that people are using, like again, the, the, the phrase, I, just embrace technology, own it as if, if you run a business, if you run an agency, and, and you're just getting by day to day and maybe you started as a producer. So you are, you know, you, you fall back on selling, take a second and stop spending every minute working in your business and spend a little bit of time working on your business. If you do that, here's the things that'll happen. One, you're instantly more efficient. So your revenue per employee will go up. So your bottom line will go up. You'll get a, a different culture with your agency because not only are, is your staff uh, in a better place because they're using technology that, that they can, that they can move fast with. And then the third thing, which I think is crucial, especially right now in that cultural piece is, is attracting new talent. We have so many people in this industry in the 50, 55 plus, uh, age group that we've got to bring in that young talent. How do we attract young talent? Well, the younger generations are digital natives, right? So they're used to certain user experiences, the interface must be, it must work. They must not, they don't want to jerry rig things to make technology work. So if you take a moment and step back as an agency principal and you look at technology for what it is, and it is your, it is the next uh, transformation of your agency, then, then I think, I think the, 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 the kind of the skies open back up. Not like, like when we're in this kind of economy, it's not like any of our agencies out there are suffering but let's get to that next level. And I think that's how they do it. Yeah, Rick, I got to say, I think you hit the nail um, spot on the head, right? Because whenever I speak to agencies and I speak to a lot of them, um, you know, I, I know that a lot of agencies are trying to, um, you know, continue to operate in a way in which they can acquire customers in a in the traditional way. But, but I always talk to them about, you know, thinking about themselves more as a technology organization in order to uh, assist them in streamlining the functions at some, that, that they're doing as a part of their business. Um, and um, through creating efficiencies in that manner, it allows them to do what matters in terms of really wanting to go after that business without have without having to worry about some of the technology issues and the challenges that that they're seeing right now. Now, now just thinking about it from Vertifor's perspective, you know, um, I I look at um, and, and I and I've spoken to hundreds, if not over a thousand insure techs over the past maybe three or so years. Um, you know, some has been around for a while, some has failed, some have really great capabilities, some might be a, a technology looking for a business model, whatever, whatever it might be, right? But, um, but, but I've spoken to tons. Um, and, um, you know, as, as I think about more specific insure techs, like in Indio Technologies, for example, where they're trying to streamline the, um, the, uh, the application process, I see that as something that can easily integrate into a Vertifor capability and leveraging that, that API in order to help streamline other aspects of the agency management cycle that might not be a core part of your value proposition. So I, I wonder, Rick, you know, talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, if you all are, um, you know, not only targeting um, streamlining the agency process through your own capabilities, but also when you when you mentioned exposing your APIs, um, really um, uh, doing that to, to focus on other insure techs to allow them to enhance capabilities as a part of leveraging your uh, technology platform as well. Yeah, 100%. And that, like I said, I mentioned before, we have a, what we call the Orange Partner Program. Uh, 
And India is a great example. They are currently in the vetting process with us of, of being one of those partners. Cause that's a, that's a really, really important tool that an agency that's using it properly could change the way they, they, they do commercial applications. I mean, talk about a, a game changer for an agency. I mean, wow. Right. Then you talk about things like, like even simple things go all the way back to like, e-signatures is your agency using like in our case we our partner is DocuSign how, how much time is that going to save you to do not to and and what different user experience are you providing for your uh for your customer if they don't have to print something sign it scan it and send it back to you versus just signing it online like we do everything we do now right everything we get is got some version of DocuSign or one of its competitors that's the way we do things now. And, and the consumer has changed so dramatically that that's not, that's not like, oh, wouldn't that be cool? That becomes a, a detriment if you're not, and it becomes table stakes for what is required. Things like e-payment. Like if you're not currently as an agency using e-payment to, to taking money over the, the electronic, the, via electronic, you're missing. You're missing a, a huge opportunity there again because they're used to doing it that way. That's the way today's consumer, the the, the Amazonized <laughs> consumer, is used to everything being fast, everything being right in front of them, and everything being simple. And that's their user experience. That's what they get on a daily basis. So you're a hundred percent right. Companies that are that are trying to like. So here's let me let me put a pause on that. Here's where it breaks down. At the agency level or even at the insure tech level, there are like it's similar to you. I'm out at shows and I, I really enjoyed IPC 2019. I met a lot of great people. I, I saw some great ideas. Having been in an agency and owning an agency that was me alone, one person, and then growing that through six acquisitions up to lots more employees than I think 40 something at one point. I, I kind of saw every step of that small to medium-sized agency. And the biggest issue, there's two big issues. Number one is just flat inertia. People don't want to make, they, like, if it ain't broke, I'm not going to fix it. We've been doing it this way for 20 years. That's how we do it. Okay, horrible thinking. But the second piece is, is adoption. And adoption comes within the agency when there's buy-in from the top all the way through all the levels. Because you could, you and I could, you and I could, off the line, offline, I don't want to say any names, but we could easily rattle off five to 10 ideas or companies that we've talked to that are great ideas. And as soon as you heard the idea, the next thing you thought was that they're never going to adopt. They're, that's never going to work in our, in our industry because they're not going to adopt it. So I go all the way back to where we were before, which is the agency owners got to own that. And they've got to get buy-in at every level in their organization or even incredibly cool tools like Indio will sit there and no one will use it. So for me, there's this, we're right in that sweet spot. And I say sweet spot because I think the timing is right. So I went to, so NetView is a network of, network of Vertifor users. That's our user group. And they, they run their show every year. It's called Accelerate. And I was at that show in, in uh, Cincinnati. And it was the first show I'd been to where I really got this different vibe, overall vibe, because you and I, we've been to a hundred, you know, a thousand shows. And, and I've always got that sense that people were in the mindset of 
yeah, 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 we know technology. We know we've got to do it. Like, I've always felt that. And that was the first show where I truly felt an, a big switch over to, yes, 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 technology, tell me about it, because I want to be better. And I, so I think we're in the right place right now. And with all of these great insure techs that are out there, we're obviously an insure tech, a very big insure tech, but we've, cho- we've chosen what we want to do. And then to your point, companies like Indio, like my old company, Agency Revolution, ePay Policy, DocuSign, we're finding best of breed at, and, and putting kind of a roadmap together for what agencies should or, or could be using to make them better. And that's, that's where that technology and that, that API integration, that opening that up, that open architecture makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, I, I got to say, I absolutely agree with that because what that open architecture does, I mean, it number one, it helps you all create more of an ecosystem environment for the platform that you all are creating or, or that, that you all have deployed. Um, and, um, and that ecosystem could work with a multitude of all of the other insure tech vendors, you know, whoever it might be, you platforms that, that carriers are using in order to help streamline multiple parts of the process, irrespective of the carrier that you're working with or the agency or the MGA or, or whatever it might be that you all are working with as a, as a part of your partnerships. You know, um, I, I do want to go back to something that you mentioned, um, because I, I think you're absolutely right when it comes to, when it comes down to customer expectations, you know, it's been Amazon ties, it's been Apple ties. Google ties, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, people are expecting things more quickly uh, without a lot of friction and they want it today. Now, I know that given the complexity of insurance, you can't always do that. Right. I, I know that you you have to put some things in place in order to slow down that as a part of collecting information and appropriately going through the underwriting process. But for the commoditized lines, I think that's that it, it's an option to continue to go down that path. Otherwise, I think, you know, just based on what I've seen, people tend to go down the path of least resistance with the, with the least amount of friction, whether it's an agent that is working with 10 carriers and there's five of those carriers that it's hard to send information to. So you, you, you tend to see them steer away from those five carriers and go to the point of, you know, uh, uh, where the, 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 the process feels frictionless and it feels easier to engage with them. And, and that's where, um, uh, you know, Rick, I, I, I want to sort of talk about what Vertifor is doing and where they're going. Right. Because I, so I know we we talked about um, having that open architecture and, and, and exposing the APIs in order to connect in other platforms. But when you look across the spectrum, and I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, not all carriers have the ability um, or have gone down the path of, of digital transformation. So there's even some that still on platforms that were deployed in the late 90s, right? So, you know, Rick, how do you engage those carriers um, when we know that they haven't been through and they're not really at the point of investing in a digital transformation to help them consume some of the more, I guess, up-to-date um, technology standards? So, so the one thing that we do a lot of with carriers is we do document management. Obviously, I'm, this is an incredible, incredibly document-heavy industry, right? I mean, with the amount of time you've got to keep everything uh, it used to be on on premise, and now it's in the cloud. But so what, what we we start with making like if I'm talking to a carrier, and, and and I I I deal mostly with agencies, but I get pulled into a lot of different stuff um, just because of because of my background. And as you can you know, I've been around, and you can tell I'm passionate about what I do. I hope you can tell I am. Uh, but. But when, when you're talking at the carrier level, now there's a few things that, that, that's perfect that we do. Like, like 
like I said, document management, things like it, we, we use, it's called image, right. And it is not only documents, but it's workflows and it's, it's, it, it helps, it helps a, a, a carrier that might not have completely digitally transformed. It helps them move in that direction because what it can do is it can start to make, make again, back to staff because carriers have the same staffing issues as we do in, in the, in the agency side and start to push them in directions to here's what, here's what workflows look like for every renewal that we do on this line of business. This is the seven step process. And that's going to show up in your, in your to-do list every morning when you show up. So we have, we have capabilities to help them do that. We do that at the agency side. It's called work smart, but on the, on the carrier side, it's called image, right? And so we're able to do that like like and and what what you hope happens and we hope the same thing happens at the agency level is when things start getting better and you start getting a taste for that then you want more and so to your point of how do we steer them down that road when we're having those big conversations with carriers if we can help with just something as simple as workflows within their the the their day to day that starts to go wow that really that saved 15% uh, of our time for our staff, which is nine minutes an hour that we gave back because of the way it was set up and the way it tells it, it automates the system of telling it when we've done that, telling when this happened, telling you when you're supposed to do that. If you're able to do that at the carrier level, it starts to change the thinking. And when the thinking changes, that's when great things happen. So when you talk about some have, some haven't, the, the, the haves might have done it in a different way. And might, that might be the architecture of their platform, right? Because you said something like some of it's 30 year old to architecture. And if they're upping that part of their game, then this is the perfect sort of connection to that, to build efficiency and get more out of the employees that they already have because we're giving back more time. So that works on both levels, carrier and agency. I, to me, that's, that's a key kind of, and there's the carrot and the stick, right? It feels like the carrot and then bam, come in with the stick and we get everything rolling back and get them into that, that, that change in the way they do things and the digital change. Yeah, a- absolutely. Now, um, just just uh, continuing down that line, but um, I want to take it from Vertifor's perspective, right? Because now I know um, standards have, as we talked about earlier, they've been changing over time. Um, and, um, and those standards not only have to be adopted by, let's say, the agencies that you all are engaging with or, or carriers over time, but also your own organization. Um, so so when, when, when you think about um, changing standards um, and just continuing to be on the cusp or you know, just driving innovation in your own organization, what specifically do you all do to make sure that you're keeping up with all of the standards of today within your own platform capabilities? Well, we have an entire team dedicated to that. And, and so what, let, let me take one full step back on, on the, on the, the tangible piece of what you said as things change over time they not only change dramatically now especially in today's world like all the time but for us they change when we make another acquisition and that is similar to what an agency goes through when they acquire another book of business or maybe an entire agency that has a disparate management system and they you know something completely different so we go through the same thing like like I mentioned, we, we just bought a, a company this year called VUE, V-U-E, and it's a compensation management tool for carriers. Talk about another way to help carriers in a way that's just like a manual process at almost all of them at this point, the way they pay and the way that money is, is um, calculated and, and sent out. 
we have a we have software now that does that at carrier level, right? But Vue has a completely different set of not only the architecture but standards that go along with the the tool and what it what its capabilities are. So we have people that are constantly not only working at the global level of standards for the industry, but at the level of standards for the the capabilities of the tool, and then separately at the level of making sure that all of those standards match up with all of the things we do. Because I can go into one of my networks and have a conversation with them about, obviously, their members need management systems. They need comparative raters. Uh, We can talk about data and analytics. Would this, if they have an, if they have a retail agency at the network, would something like compensation management and commission administration be interesting to them? So I can have all of these different conversations. So I rely on our team to make sure that we are at the very peak of standards being, again, globally, tool-wise, and then collectively. So we're doing all of those things. We're doing a really good job. It isn't easy. And it's and and like we have two thousand employees, so uh, having a team dedicated to that makes a lot of sense. If you're a ten, fifteen, twenty person agency and you're making acquisition and you're dealing with technology, uh, licensing, staff, culture, relationships with care, like all of the stuff that goes along with that, you're you're able. You you make a really good point, and I, and I made it earlier that they have to take a look at the agency level at how are we staying standardized? How are we staying at the top of best process, best procedure, uh, and, and, and doing it in a way that is not, not affecting the agency negatively, in fact, infecting it po- affecting it positively? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now, you know, Rick, as we sort of look out into the next year, so, we, you know, you and I are talking now in November of 2019 and in uh, 2020 is right around the corner. Um, and uh, I, I just wonder, you know, so I, I know you run the Vertifor podcast and I, I want to ask you a little bit about that. And, and I've been hosting this podcast since 2017. Um, and when I look back to what some of the topics were and some of the things were that were uh, that we were discussing in 2017, you, you sort of see a, a 180 uh, between then and now just in regards to the maturity of, of what we've been seeing over time. So, um, so I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, just what you've seen uh, from when you originally started into Vertifor all the way through to this year. And then just thinking about, let's say, a year in the future, you know, what have you seen in this industry that's truly changed? Um, and then what are your expectations as we look into the next year around, you know, um, where you see the industry at large going? That's a, it's a great, it's a great way to set it up because the show before, before we, st- so we started our podcast at Vertifor when I came back, which was, I think, late March of this year. But when I was the president of Agency Revolution, um, when I got that role, my first thing was thought leadership. And so we started a podcast there. So we've been, so, and that's, if, if, Anybody out there is looking for great podcasts? Abel, you do an amazing job. The way you handle the way you handle your business and get people and ask these questions is like kudos to you. Um, the other the other ones out there that are really good, I really like the Agency Revolution podcast. I, I'm obviously biased because I started it, um, and then of, and then of course the greatest one of all is the Vertifor Insurance podcast. But to, to your point. Um, the, the change in the dynamic of those conversations, just the conversations, even what thought leadership means, right? So before it was, 
you know, let's say, let's go back a couple of years. And it was like, how do I have a big conversation about retention? Or what does SEO mean? And, you know, things like that, that, that now we kind of go, okay, well, yeah, obviously re- retention is, is important. It never goes away. In fact, it might be the, the most important thing going on in an agency is keeping your existing clients. But we don't talk about it as much as we did because now we start talking about ways. Instead of it, we talk about things. And by things, I mean technology becomes a thing. We had a great podcast. And if, if you're looking for great guests, I would recommend Dustin Mooney. Uh, he's a guy from Rigid Bits, and they're a cyber company. Like two years ago, we wouldn't have been talking about cyber like we are now. And not only just cyber in general, but cyber and cyber liability. So that's a great topic. Data and analytics, you know, blah, blah, blah. We always talked about it. But now you look at things like, uh, we'll keep, keep, keep giving them a plug, not that they need it, but like Amazon or Netflix. You know, I turn on my Netflix, and I, whatever movies I've been watching, it's giving me other choices. That's, that's analytics to the data that they have on me. And so you start having those conversations now. That's the now. But that's early in our game. I think in the, in the insurance world, we're just, we're just, just, crack, just, just tipping the iceberg on what data and analytics is going to do. And I think that's the big thing is that starts to change. And how does that change? It changes the same way everything does in our industry. We talk about it for a while. And a few people start doing it. And by the time those few people have done it enough that we have results, other people go, oh, that's a good idea. I should try that. And so this is the year, the last year or so, where data has started to become the thing and analyzing that data and using that to your advantage within the agency and at the, and at the carrier level as well. But, but especially at the agency levels where it's really starting to catch so I think next year is the, is the evolution of data and analytics. I really believe that there's enough people out there now, and I'm having those conversations. I know you're talking to people. I know you know who I'm talking about, some of that are starting to really leverage data and analytics, and the ones that are, are really starting to win. And winning is what all of our people out there love doing. And so I think we'll start to see that, what, what I, I, I call it the insurance timeline. Yeah, that, that's a great idea, but we're doing fine. No, thanks. Oh, yeah, I heard so-and-so down the street started trying to do that. Oh, so-and-so down the street bought it. Oh, so-and-so down the street used it and it worked. I better try it. That's sort of the timeline. And I think we're at that last I better try it phase for 2020. I'm really excited to see people really start embrace it. I'm Every time we're on and we talk about things like that, like on my podcast or other ones that I'm on, I just want people to take a minute, get on. If you don't know about it, if you don't know about how to use the data you have, because you've got tons of it, every customer you have is data. And if the, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing those people kind of shift into the mode of, okay, it's time for me to start doing things that others have been doing, which is an insurance process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, and data really is the key to those that are going to, uh, and, and I'm going to call it win, um, even though that might not be the best term yeah, to say. But, I, but I think I, it is I, win. No, I, I think it is. I, I absolutely believe that. You know, I, I think it's going to be those that are going to win uh, versus those are going to uh, versus those that are going to be laggards in in this space. Um, and, um, and and you are starting to see more organizations put more into their data and analytics capabilities. 
Um, but absolutely believe that over time, we're just going to see more, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, maturity in this space. Um, but but I think it's absolutely necessary to get to that point now. You know, with that said, um, you know, uh, one of the questions that I always ask, because I, I, I always try to make sure that what we talk about is tangible to the folks that are listening. And I know folks are going to go back to their desk and and really ponder this. But um, as as we get down to the point of, you know, where we talk about innovation just across the entire value chain is, you know, if there's someone that's listening to the two of us speak um, and they want to go back and do things to innovate their own organizations in the way that Vertifor has done and the way that other organizations that we've talked about here are doing, you know, what advice would you give them to be able to do just that? Well, I would say start with, it, it starts with more than just, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. You really have to embrace it because it, it, none of this is easy, right? I mean, th- those agencies out there that are, uh, you know, let's just say, technically or technology challenged or at least not forward on it. It's a change in culture. It's a change in the way you do it. So, so the first step is you have to embrace it, right? That's first step. So if, if you're nodding your head right now, you're listening in and you're nodding your head and you're saying, yes, I've been, I I, I really want to do this. I just don't really know how help me figure that out. Okay. Then the next step is to figure out what kind of an agency are you like, what is important to you? And it, it might not be that if it, so, so anyone's on any different part of this trajectory, right? If you're really pretty tech forward and data and analytics is your next thing, great. Um, go to the vertifor.com website, uh, search risk match and start learning. There's videos, there's ways to see. I'm not saying you have to buy that tool, although I, it's the best on the market. I'm probably a little biased. But but what it gives you is an idea of what that means. But go all the way back to the person who's learning to embrace technology. Figure out what your agency is all about. You know what what is? Are you a growth agency? Are you a are you a customer service and retention agency? Are you some blend of that? Is there a a missing ingredient that your customers have been saying, "Man, I wish I could X." A lot of times that is, "I wish I had a portal on your website that I could use." to communicate with you or to get ID cards or to, to do things like that. Client portal is a really quick way we have, it's ours is called client portal. A lot of the management system companies have that access. So if you're not an AMS 360 or a QQ user right now, those are our management systems, check with your vendor. That's a really fast way to change the way you interact with your customers tomorrow morning, like boom, and it changes. So, so that's, and that puts you back in the game with today's modern consumer. Today's consumer wants, they don't want you to call them at 530 when they're about to sit down with their family. They want to get their kids to bed, watch a movie with their wife, and then possibly get on and do some work. And that might include going through your portal. So that if you don't have a client portal right now, you're, you're, you need to, like, let's just say that, like, it's, it's time to do that. If you're embracing the, the, the changes that have happened, the evolution of not only our industry, but the world, you've got to start doing things like that. So you start with what kind of an agency are we? Then you start figuring out what matches to that. Do we want, are we fast? Are we super responsive? Things like marketing automation. Are we adding value by sending newsletters automatically so my staff doesn't have to do it all the time? Are we, are we sending tics, trips, uh, tips and tricks out all the time? Things like that. If you do... It just just embrace it and then make a plan and then try things. And here's my last piece of advice on this point. Try them, completely engage yourself in them so you're fully adopted, get everybody to buy in and see if it works. 
It might not work at every agency. If it doesn't, fail fast and then try something else. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, Rick, um, this was an absolute great conversation. I want to say thank you. You know, I, I'm, I'm absolutely positive that the others that are listening to this is going to get a lot out of it. Um, you know, uh, before we I leave, that, um, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about the podcast. So talk about what um, your podcast is about and then also let us know what the best way is for our listeners to get in contact with you. Yeah, like I said before, well, thank you so much for having me, and I'm a big fan. I think what you guys are doing is just excellent for this industry. We just need more people out there that are sharing this kind of information and having these kind of conversations for the masses. And so if you want to listen in to what we're doing, the podcast is called the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, the VIP. You can get that on our vertifor.com website under resources. You can get it at Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you need to go. And, and it really is an interesting, like we bring on guests similar to what you're doing with, with just trying to give great thought leadership to this industry, which I think is in dire need of more and more and more of it because we've got great people, we've got passionate people, and sometimes they don't necessarily know where to go. So things like this podcast that we're on right now, the Vertifor podcast, excellent way to do it. If you want uh, the best way to get me is LinkedIn. It's just Rick Fox and just put in Rick Fox and Vertifor and I'll show up because it's kind of a common name. I'm not the ex-basketball player, just, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I will, um, I, I'm always sharing stuff and liking other stuff that's interesting and trying to get as much information in my feed as I can to just advocate for this industry. And, and, uh, I think that I would love, I would love for you to do that. So come find us on in the podcast world and come find me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, hey, Rick, you know, once again, I want to say thank you. This was a great conversation and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to following what you're doing at Vertifor. Me too. Thanks, Abel. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast. Now, I, I do hope you got a lot out of this episode. There's two more remaining before the end of an era of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast takes effect on January 9th. As I mentioned before, it was a great pleasure hosting this podcast, and I do truly appreciate all of you as listeners, and hopefully you'll be back for the next couple of episodes. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.